episode 14 with Steve Hall. On today's podcast, Steve and I sat down to have a coffee shop conversation over how Revive Stronger got started, the importance of networking, and some tips on how to stand out as a coach in the modern online landscape of the fitness industry. Steve is the founder of Revive Stronger, a coaching service based out of London. Steve, alongside his other coaches, are some of the best at what they do and produce one of the most informative training and nutrition podcasts out there. Now, if you love the episode and would like to support the podcast, I would ask for a review on iTunes and for you to screenshot the podcast episode and share it on your story. Be sure to tag me at Austin Current. Enjoy the conversation. How you been? Yeah, good. Um, can't complain. Everything's. I'm in a bit of a like for me because of my training was always like twice daily, and now I've moved into like a low volume phase. So it's just once a day. How boring times. is that for you? So, yeah, it's like I've got a lot more free time. It's actually nice. Like I needed it from like a psychological. Like I just needed a break from being in the gym all the time. Your dedication level to that is insane to me. Like I watch you. Like I obviously I watch you through through Instagram mainly and just like seeing you go through two a days. Like I've gone through two days before, like I've done that um for like a mesocycle or two, but it's never been like a part, a massive part of my training by any means. And I, I feel like you're someone that just fully maximizes that for it has been for the past. How like how long you've been doing that? I started in 2017 in my contest prep. I decided to do it because I was like, oh yeah, this is, you get my steps up. I like, I can break my day up. And then I just decided, why don't I carry it? Like I've always lived like, like a 10 minute walk away from a gym. So it's like, I'm in control of my time. Why wouldn't I do this? Yeah. So I, when we lived in, a, my wife and I lived in Australia in 2017, I actually did that more often as well. It was, I was way more likely because when we first moved to Australia, we had our apartment was like a five to seven minute walk from the gym. And so it was like, yeah, I'll just pop over there first thing, kind of get my day going and then come back work. And then before she gets home, I'll have like an hour, hour and a half to like kind of kill. Otherwise I'll just be bored. So why don't I just go to the gym and just have two a days, you know? And so there was like two months there where we lived at that place. We ended up moving shortly after um, to, to just a better place. But um, it, that was, that was a cool thing, I, I think. And it kind of does break up your day really well. Uh, but yeah, man. So the last time we would have talked would have been, I guess at that round table yeah. for Cody's podcast, which is funny to me. Cause like, obviously we didn't talk going into the, the round table at all. And after the fact, I more or less heard, like I would get, I was getting DMS and I was getting, I guess even before I was kind of like, like DMs in a way of like, you and Steve are about to debate on something. And I was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't think Steve and I have beef, do we? Like, I was like, I was confused. <laughs> I I'm not aware. <laughs> yeah, not that I'm aware. So I think, where do you think that is for people? Like, where do you think people kind of draw that divide between the two of us? I literally, to me, it was a huge surprise. I can only think of like people would think that we think along the same lines with things yeah, like, that's especially like I'm pretty sure the only and I guess other people might not be aware of this but I'm pretty sure I heard you were helping out uh Terence Ruffin 
And uh, I think he said that you shared with him some of the MRV stuff from like our site. And so uh, like, I don't know. I, I And I, I was just like, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea where people think there's a, what, <laughs> where they could be coming from. I honestly have no idea. And that was like the biggest surprise to me. And then obviously like we had chatted, had we chatted previously? That was the first time we'd ever like spoken in person. Only properly. Yeah. No, only like a few odd messages. Yeah. Yeah. I guess DMs and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I feel like somewhat I'm, I was closer. I'm, I'm closer to you kind of like mutually through Miguel, I guess, just because I'm close with Miguel and I just by association feel closer to you and your team, I guess. I don't know. Um, Cause like when we chat, like we FaceTime, it would have been not even a week ago. Oh, amazing. I talked over some things and um, yeah, we, we chat at least once a month over FaceTime and we, we, we do texts and stuff like that. And, you know, he catches me up on everything and how things been going for him, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, what's going on in that kid's life? <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of all came out of the blue. It was just like, oh shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he was updating me on everything going on with him. And that was sounded hectic. I was just like, dude, I don't know how I can be here for you, but let me, let me try and help shit. So, um, yeah, he's got his own shit storm of, I guess, Canadian issues being here in the U S um, going to being a student at, at, well, doing work for Yale and being a student at Columbia. Um, yeah, nuts. Yeah. It's insane, man. But yeah, so that was the last time we talked would have been the round table. Um, so I guess what has been going on with revive since like you guys have been doing so you guys did something with uh that i saw like you had your contest prep handbook your course with jps um and you're having a seminar coming up with cliff yes uh which is super exciting yeah yeah man so tell me a little bit about like what's what's you're someone that i feel like revives always on top of their shit and they're always like you guys are always like a year or two out, I feel like, from something. So it's like, what is going on in the, in the world of Revive Stronger? So, yeah, we have, um, we released the Primer Phase, which is an ebook that was just small. It was kind of like a little project just to see how people would react to a book going out there. And um, people hear us talking about this like Primer Phase thing. And it's like, well, let's just kind of tell people exactly what it is. And that was really fun to write and produce. Um, Pascal made it look beautiful and went over it all. So that was really fun. But the project with JPS um, has been like, a, I, don't know, I don't know how many years. It was ever since I basically finished competing. So like two years, um, Jacob got in touch with me and like was like, I want to do this big project with you. I want to create this ebook for competing. I think you'd be the right person to do it with. And we were just like, yeah, we've got to do this. And I don't know, like things take time and it just ended up taking way longer than it should have. And in you that guys time, are so busy too. So that's yeah, a, I mean, that's a big undertaking. So ended up lane released his cliff released his, and it was kind of like, Oh damn, like we have really we missed, missed the boat the on boat. this. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah. So we truly missed the boat, but I think you guys have your own demographic. Uh, you know, you guys both, I mean, be it both lane and cliff obviously are both us based. Um, and then be it you and, you know, so you're, you're based in, in the UK and then you have Jacob who is based in Australia. So, you know, you guys like, that's a whole different, obviously there's, you know, the world is the internet's the internet, but still, I think you guys have your own very large. So you guys had a seminar in Bath actually, right? Yeah. So how did that go? 
So that was really cool um, because it was just amazing to meet Jacob and Lyndon also um, was a big part in the book production as well. So he's like the head science guy. I don't know if you've ever spoken to him, but I imagine you'd get on. Yeah, no, I met Lyndon, uh, I, I guess. So I met Jake when I, I think I met Lyndon when I met Jacob, which would have been 2017 when 3DMJ actually came over to Australia because um, I was living on the Gold Coast at the time and it was a it's a fairly short flight, a couple hours down to, down to Melbourne. And so the week we popped down there for the weekend, I, I attended the seminar. Um, as I got to really, I'd spoken to these people, but I'd never really made that face-to-face introduction or interaction. So I, you know, I met, uh, I met the whole 3DMJ crew. So, you, you know, Nunez and, and Helms and those guys. And then, uh, I met Jacob and, you know, a handful of other awesome people that were, that were there and Jacob's crew and his, you know, his brother and, and all those people. So yeah, it was kind of like, cause I didn't really know anyone either. Like I knew, I guess the only one I would have known at the time going there would have been like Danny Kennedy and, uh, Nick Cheadle. And that's, that's the only two people I knew, but I wasn't like super close with them. Like we knew of each other and like we had chatted and like I was closer to Danny. Um, I'd say I'm closer to them both now after the fact, but um, yeah, it was kind of weird. Cause like I'm a shy guy. Like I wouldn't say shy. I'm well, I am shy to a degree. I, I'm introverted, but I'm also shy, uh, especially in new situations. And so, you know, me, it, me too. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I don't know how to, how am I supposed to say hi to you guys? Cause like, you know, you, I don't know. It's in a room full of mainly dudes. So I mainly, I went, they had this like open gym before the seminar. And so like you could go and train like, and so I was like, yeah, sure. I'll go train and maybe meet some of the guys. And you know, you go in there and it's like basically the, the squad. And then there's like you and it's, uh, so I'm, I'm the, you know, I'm the American that talks super funny. And then I don't know anyone there. And then it's just like, Hey man, what's up? <laughs> I'm Austin. How's it going? Um, yeah. So that was super, uh, that was super interesting. And so I think in situations like that, I, I think I've gotten a little better since then, um, with like my own experience with helping teach seminars and traveling around the world a little bit more and, and introducing myself and getting kind of used to that process. But I don't know if that's ever going to be like something that I'm just naturally great at. And I, I can you relate to that at all? Like, Oh, a hundred percent. This is, it reminds me of you were just talking about the presentation in Bath and, um, something I really struggle with is like presenting in front of people. I just get like, I just shit my pants. Basically. I just go <laughs> yeah. bright red. You yeah. see this massive rash coming up onto my face and I look like a tomato <laughs> the entire time. Right. Uh, and Jacob didn't help it because he was like, before I presented, he was like, guys, I just want to let you know, Steve is super nervous. And I was like, great, thanks. This is brilliant. <laughs> oh, dude, he is such a fucking troll. Oh, my God. But the more the more I've done it, the better it is getting. But I'm still, that's only the second time I've prop, third time I've properly presented. And it's very infrequent for me. So, yeah, it, I think I'm similar to you. Yeah, man. And I think I, I'm better, personally, I'm better with presenting. I, I, I think it's the one-on-one, like, hello, I'm Austin, like interaction, then getting up and talking about a subject matter that I know, you know, about. Um, now, now the first couple of times were definitely nerve wracking because 
when I was, when I had to present something, um, there was usually a very short notice on, Hey, you're presenting this. And it's like, Oh, okay. Uh, sounds good. Um, I'll see what I can pull out of my ass and, uh, I'll just read off the slides, but, (laughs) um, but yeah, then I obviously got, you got, you get better as you go. And then I think there's just that kind of that one-on-one meeting of new people. Um, I think especially in new, new cultures as well. Like, even though it's very, you know, be at the UK and, you know, different parts of Europe and Australia, it's a very similar, but there's still that it's not where you're from and it's, it's not really where your, your home base is from comfort wise. So it's still kind of super weird. Um, so yeah, man. So you would have been, you guys have had Renaissance periodization over. That's a, that's a pretty common thing. Um, right. You guys do that every year. See, I think we're, we've done three or four now. I always forget how many it's been. I think it's three we've done. Uh, oh no, it might actually be four. I think it's four. Cause we had Mike and James for the first one, which was like, I didn't really know them that well at all. Um, and then they came and presented on, I was literally blown away by both yeah, of them. They're good at presenting both of them. They're incredible. Yeah. Like I've, I might be biased and I've seen a lot of people present, but they still, for me are like the most engaging and yeah, just super funny. You don't get tired or like, I don't know, it's not super technical all the time. So they have a good combination. And then we brought over just Mike and then Mike and Jared came. Then we couldn't convince Jared to come over again for some reason. <laughs> I think we, <laughs> he doesn't like London or something. Um, and then the most recent one was Mike, Gabrielle and James um, and reminded me, and Pascal, actually, how much we love James, and he brings a lot to the table as well. So we want to make sure he's there. So yeah, we have already some things in the pipeline for this next year coming 2020 should be even bigger um, and have maybe more than Renaissance periodization, um, or hopefully more. I don't know how much I can really say because I don't want to say it. And yeah, it not you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't over, don't over promise. You want to under promise, over deliver for sure. It won't quite be as big as like what Jacob does over at JPS. It won't be that size, but it, it will be bigger than it has been. Yeah, man. And that's super cool. Like I, I think too, there's, so spending, you know, getting to spend the year in Australia in 2017, I really got to learn more about the industry over there and, you know, as much as you could in a year. And, you know, we spent time in different cities and different, you know, just different groups and I kind of got a feel, I spent most of the time on the Gold Coast and up in Queensland and like there's, there's a, there's such a huge fitness scene in Australia, but I would say like the PT industry is still very much trying to figure it out. Um, and I think that, you know, you guys have a couple different governing bodies, you know, over in the UK that I'm, you know, like governing bodies in terms of like, uh, which would be the, what, which is now the, the PT collective, right. The personal training collective, right. For different qualifications. Yeah. With, yeah. yeah. So you guys have like different, different kind of, uh, qualification bodies, I guess, yeah. uh, which would, you know, and I feel like the U S has a, has a, a big handful of those. And then uh, there was a couple in Australia that I kind of heard of, but it was kind of a weird, do you guys go by the level system? Like the one, two, three, we do have levels. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was new to me in, uh, in Australia for sure. Cause they're like, I'm a cert one or, a or cert two or, and they, they kept going up and I was like, how many certs do you guys have? <laughs> and they're like, well, you have to be a cert four before you can do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I'm like, 
so what do you learn between one and three? Like, I don't, I didn't quite understand. I think like I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have someone fully explain it to me. So I think it would make more sense if someone fully explained it to me, but it didn't make sense to me at first. So I'm just like, so you, you have to go through three certs before you can get to the fourth and then you can start training people. Huh? Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think so why I was brought that up was I think like, you know, JPS has really done a great job, especially in Southern Australia to really corner the kind of corner the market there for like PT education at a really high level where they bring people from around the world and, and do things at a next level that, you know, I, I talked to, I actually had Jacob, um, on the podcast of, it would have been a couple months ago, I think now, maybe a month ago. And, um, you know, I, I was, I kind of talked to him about like, he had this, you know, he was originally going to put it on. He had quite a lot of backlash of like, Hey man, don't do this. Like, Oh wow. You don't, did you not know that? No, I did not. Yeah. So there's, there was actually, um, there was, so there was two presenters that he was actually bringing over for the first and like past. So 3DMJ, I think that was like the, in 2017, that was kind of the, the genesis of his thought behind all of this. So he brought, um, cause he had a great turnout for that 3DMJ JPS collaboration in 2017 that I went to. And I think he kind of saw the potential and like what he wanted to do. And so he, in 2018, he had plans for 2018. And then, so he contacted a handful of presenters and I think two of those presenters called him after the fact and were like, don't do this. Like, I don't think we're kind of nerd. Like, I think there was a kind of a point of like, we don't want to come all the way over there and then no one shows up. It's kind of embarrassing. Like you don't understand like how much this takes. Like this is so much work and it's a big risk. Yeah. It's huge risk. Right. And you can put all, spend all this money, rent a venue, cater the food and then like no tickets are sold. And it's like, ah, (laughs) okay. Um, looks like everyone's eating really well today. Um, but in terms of that, man, yeah, it was so, so super interesting. So did you have, what's that been like for you in terms of setting these, these events up and trying to communicate with these, these industry leaders essentially and kind of get them over there? Is that been kind of an easy process or has that been something that's kind of like scary for you? That's kind of like, I don't really know. Uh, how's that gone? So because I've only really done it properly with Mike, he is incredibly laid back. Like he's just super chilled to be like, I'm going to come over. We'll do this. Like he's never, he's never once been particularly concerned over how much we're making or will we make enough money? Like are there enough people coming? He's interested in like how many people are there and he wants more people to be there. And I think he, I guess maybe from the first time we interacted and had him over the first time, he was kind of sold on me as a character and a person and he trusted me in that regard. So or I hope so at least. Um, he seems, he, he to, seems to be. He seems to like me somewhat at least. So yeah, it's never really been a, a struggle with, with him and then we just communicate to him and the rest of RP like, and they're, they're all super chilled about it. Um, this next one might be a bit different, but like with Cliff, again, Cliff kind of approached um, me uh, because he'd seen that I'd done the ones with Mike and no one over the in the UK is particularly doing a load of uh, seminars all the time. It used to be um, Shredded by Science with Luke Johnson. He used to bring over presenters quite regularly. Uh, and I Now just it's go, everything's online. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this is the, the difficulty is convincing, like it sounds silly, convincing people to come to a seminar because they're like, well, 
are you recording it? Can I just then buy it afterwards for less? And there's like, something about going to a seminar too, right? So no doubt. Right. So you, you've, I mean, you've experienced that and it's, it's, it's a whole different experience and it's you, there's obviously that component of not only being present in the moment, making all these new contacts. And I would say one of the biggest things that I think the coaches of our generation are truly missing out on and are going to miss out on is the collaboration component of networking and meeting new people. And, you know, you and I like showing up at a seminar, not knowing each other and then meeting. And then it's like, I figure out who you are like after the fact or like during, and it's just like, Oh, this is super cool. Like, I don't know. I never would have met you before. Um, and so obviously like us being able to do this is like incredibly cool and rare and something I'm extremely grateful for, but there's, you know, I still have that like underlying hope that like you and I show up at the same. Yeah. Right. Or I come, I'm able to come over for one of yours or, or whatever. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's a big, uh, that's a big thing that I think coaches are going to miss out on. And our generation of coaches, I think we've missed out on a handful of it as my mentors throughout the years have kind of came from the generation before, obviously. And that's all you knew. Like there was no online education. So if you wanted educated, you had to fly, you had to travel, you had to sleep on someone's floor or their couch. You guys, you had eight people in a hotel room because no one could afford to be there. And so it's like, there's some type of experience there that I feel like our generation is missing out on a little bit. You know, I, I feel like there's a, there's some good, there's a yin and a yang to that. Like I'd rather not sleep on the floor, yeah. um, you know, and share a room with eight other dudes. But like, I think there's a component of camaraderie there. And the, building. the networking, I, I put going to these seminars that Luke put on um, initially like part of that was because there was no podcast, there was no like information out there particularly, whereas now there is. But I'm so glad I went to those because I put that partially down to how I am where I am now because I went to seminars by like Alan Aragon and saw like-minded people there. Like Martin McDonald was at the first like Alan Aragon conference and I saw him there and I didn't necessarily talk to him or anything, but just like showing your face, being there. And over time, like you interact and meet different people um, and some people who, again, like I went to the seminars to so them, they were willing to come on the podcasts and podcasts weren't a huge thing when I first started mine. There weren't that many around, at least it was like Danny Lennon and then like some other ones that weren't really like properly interviewing that many different people from at least our niche. So convincing people to come onto the podcast at first was like, well, will you give me an hour of your time? And they're like, well, oh, I have met you. So there's a bit more of a buy-in there. Whereas now it's, I think people are much more willing to do podcasts because they kind of see the value there. So I massively think the networking and the interaction with people, I, I love it. I, I kind of need that charge. Like every few months, I have to go to some sort of gathering or meeting with like-minded people because like, I'm on my own most of the time. Yeah, we don't get it very much. It's no. <laughs> the very lonely profession that we we have. I mean, so we're not, you know, well, at least with in-person personal training, you were able to interact and communicate with other people. And, you know, you, there may be a new person that came in the gym that you haven't met yet or a client that kind of just moved into town and you kind of build those new networks of, of people. And you don't get that now. You know, you, you get a new uh, inquiry come through. You maybe hop on a call with them, chat for a bit, make sure that things right for them and start working with them. But Okay. That's really as far as it goes past the point of like maybe having a conversation here and there and obviously emailing back and forth and yeah. 
this just reminds me of, I think it was this Friday just gone and uh, Charlotte was out and I was expecting her to come back earlier than she was. And it was like the whole day on Friday, I'd been on like, I think I'd been on two podcasts and I'd had a consultation and like I'd been talking to people, but I was like craving for like actually a human chat because I was just like, There's something to I just it. feel, oh, absolute like no doubt about it. It's sometimes I do worry that my like I won't have longevity in what I'm doing because of that fact. Like I feel like maybe I'm missing out on things in life. I'm not enjoying like being a human and actually interacting with people. And I'm hoping I'm kind of developing a business that will eventually allow me a bit more freedom to be able to do such a thing. Uh, or like, I don't know, I might have to change something, but it's huge. Like there is a lot of isolation with like effect with what I do. And I imagine with what you're doing as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's, there's a component of lifestyle design there. Right. So yeah. I think to a, to a degree, there's a point that you have to, which I think both of our businesses have been in the stage of put your head down and get the job done, build, keep growing, build your client rosters, uh, you know, build your coaching staff, build, build, build. And then I think there's gotta be, a, you have to separate from the, the greed. I feel like at some point, yes. it doesn't even have to be greed of finances. It could just be greed of more of whatever you're building. Right. So I think the lifestyle design of detaching that greed of more feeling like we need more all the time. Um, like if we're doing X amount, let's do, you know, X, X amount. Right. And then it's just like, but one, why maybe, maybe that's cool. But like, how about we just take a year and everyone chills the fuck out and travels and like, maybe we have a, a group gathering or a, a group vacation. I think that's one of the coolest things that I like 3DMJ does, you know, they have that yearly vacation where the whole team just meets up, everyone's family comes and it's just like this whole bonding experience where they just don't work. It's just, we're here and we're here to like have fun. Yeah. I think that's huge. Um, it's, I can't remember. I was going to, I had a point in my head and I can put, Oh, this is it. Um, so it's kind of work, especially when you're self-employed, um, work can be kind of, it can almost become addicting because it's kind of like, it's, it's known, it's quantifiable. You can just sit at your laptop, answer emails, set up things, work on, there's always something more to be doing. Always projects. Exactly. And I don't know about you, but it's always hard. You never want to turn down clients. So it's a case of like, I don't know if you're at capacity, you never really want to be at capacity, but you do and you don't. Yeah. It's like <laughs> you I, want to get there, but you never want to actually stay. Like you never want to, you want to get there, but you don't stay true to that number. Like it's like, okay, I'm only taking X amount of people. And it's like, you get a, you know, a couple more people. You're like, okay. Yeah. Okay. For no sure. more. <laughs> you guys got cool stories. Like I want to help you out. Okay. No more. And then it's like, okay, maybe one more. And it's just like this, it never ending, uh, never ending. And then, you know, you, not even from the clients, but then the project work and, and exactly podcasting, especially like for you, man, like you run a very successful podcast. And so is that something that you ever saw becoming what it is now? <laughs> not at all. Um, it's really funny. Well, not funny how it started, but it never was like a, I don't know. It was just a case of I'd done this. We'd had this Q and a as like a selling point to bring people over for the first uh, seminar with Mike and James. And then I was like, well, it's a bit of a shame that it's just on YouTube. Why don't we like put that into a podcast format? And then that can act as like the first episode. And then at the time I had 
brought on another coach called Mark. Um, and he's not with us anymore. He left, unfortunately, like quite quickly because just life demands. It didn't quite work out for him. But we then were doing like sessions with each other just because it was like, I want to introduce Revive Stronger followers to this guy. So let's do this so we can kind of give some feedback. And then it was a case of after the seminar, I was like, Mike, we have leftover questions from people at the seminar. Do you mind jumping on and like, we can do this. And then that's how it just ended up. He was, I think Mike actually suggested, do you want to do this like as a, a like weekly thing or something? And I was like, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. It's cool when you come together with someone like that. Cause it's just like, you, you kind of don't want to ask, but you're just like hoping they kind of want to do it. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, Oh, cool. Oh, well, you know, that's casual. Um, yeah, man, it's awesome. It's just been so cool to watch you guys grow and watch your team grow, your coaching staff grow and your podcast and everything else, man. It's just been super cool just because you just, you turn out guest after guest. It's just like, yeah, damn, that was good. Well, it's the podcast is, it's something we need to, I think we're getting to a point and I've said this to Pascal where we kind of need someone from the outside looking in to give us a bit more like business focus because yeah. I've been asked, like, I don't know what your podcast like downloads or listens or whatever. And I'm like, I actually have no idea. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It, it's doing what it needs to do. It's drawing in clients. Like, that's what kind of we we use it for. People seem to enjoy it. It's doing the job. But it's like, eventually, we need to be a bit more like, okay, we want to get to this many listens. What podcasts are doing well? Who's like a good person to bring on? Like, we get a bit more businessy about it. Whereas at the moment, it's a case of, who do I want to talk to? I haven't spoken to Mike in a while. Let's get him on for a Q&A. Like who else in the industry is someone who's kind of unknown who I want to share? Uh, that's what it... And eventually I, I feel like there may be run out of people, but <laughs> I don't know. There's always um, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's always people to talk to and there's always new coaches. There's always people that are kind of doing something that is worthwhile and talked about. And so, it, you know, it may not be... Yeah. I mean, it, there's just, there's all, I feel like there's always people and I, I can understand. Cause like what episode are you guys are on? You guys, I mean, you guys have been doing it for a while. I actually, I went getting near to 200. Yeah. That's so much with the improvement season alongside it. We are over 200, but, um, just our one-on-one -on -one interviews with guests. I think there's a component of the ignorance there that has also helped the podcast keep doing what it's doing though. Right. Just because, you know, if, I think because like I don't obviously like my my podcast like this podcast is a is a passion thing for me so it's yeah. just like I almost don't want to know yeah I asked for the first time like after episode eleven or after after episode ten launched I was like I I was t I texting with my production guy and I was like hey just curious like where roughly are things and are people at least listening and he's like yeah people are listening it's good I'm like. And like, that's all I really want to know just because I don't want there to be as like, I do have a business mind that kind yeah. of like is always trying to piece things together and like try to, I'll try to do something that I shouldn't do with the pod, this podcast at least. Um, but maybe there's something to what you're doing and maybe there's something to that almost not ignorance, ignorance in a negative way, but ignorance to the sense of like, Let's just keep doing what we're doing, man. If it's bringing in clients, if it's doing things that it's supposed to do. But I do agree too that it's like I have some friends that run successful podcasts as well, and mm -hmm. um, they've you know they've had consultants come in as well and and kind of audit audit things. So I'll, I'll try to connect you with those with those guys, and you can you can that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, I'll connect you with those guys, and you guys you guys can chat. 
Um, and I need I need to know where the uh, I think it's on Spotify, but I'm not even sure. So I think it's on the analytics on Spotify. But our pr- essentially, I do the recording, Pascal edits it, and then Charlotte actually is the one who uploads it. Charlotte, my girlfriend, right, she right, uploads right. it to <laughs> she uploads it to Spotify uh, to SoundCloud. Sorry, so she does all that think, RSS feed. And RSS yeah, feed. I don't even know how that works. I'm a little bit nervous about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I think there's again. I think there's a component of that's kind of why I you know I, that's why when I started it, I wanted someone to do it for me because one, it, you don't want it to take too much away from. And it's cool you have a team, a team there to do it and help you with it. Like, you know, you getting on, taking the hour it takes or hour and however long it takes to to do the podcast, and then you're able to kind of like, okay, send it off. It's off my hands uh, from here, which is a, a powerful thing because, like, I know if I had to hop off the podcast and then upload that into like, uh, like Adobe Audition and like go through the whole editing process you know, cut out any, anything and get all the sound bites, get all like, that's, it's, that's hectic, man. That's yeah. a lot, you know? And that, I feel like that would take away from your ability to be such a good host and your, your ability to ask good questions and, and do stuff like that. So. Yeah. It's, I remember when I, f- I mean, when I first started, I certainly wasn't aware. The Pascal was brilliant because he made me aware of what podcasting is about. It's like, you need a new microphone, you need yeah. to get a new webcam, you need to sort out like all these different things. And I had none of that. And um, like, it's all audio. So it's a case of like, like having a good microphone is like a no brainer. Uh, yeah. And then it was made a lot better because I remember where me and Charlotte used to live, which was um, in Clapham in London, it was the internet was just terrible. And I used to use that, like this internet, I, I did a little bit of uh, mentoring through um, Andy Morgan from Ripbody. And he's a great guy. And he like got me to check my internet speed. I'd never checked it. It wasn't even like, he was like, why are you so like, I was inefficient with some things. And he was trying to get me to use some app that was recording the screen whilst kind of uploading it at the same time, which would be, yeah. a, and it's a huge time saver. But it just, I was like, this is just crashing every time I use it. He was like, oh, do a check on your internet speed. And he was like, oh my gosh, like that is, he was like right at the bottom end. He was like, I'm surprised you're even able to like do anything. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Like that was one of the craziest things. I think that's one of the, in terms of the US that we have that actually does work really well. Um, So like here in Denver, for example, here in Colorado, like we have, um, oh shit, I'm going to, I forgot what the, the actual name of it is, but it's like, I mean, it's, you, you can get it to the point where it's like you're 500 up and down like gigabytes speed, like you're, or a thousand even like you're, you're, it's so fast that you can't even like, you click something and it's like, boom, it's up. Yeah. And I remember <laughs> it was funny. Cause like, cause I've, like, we've frequented London quite a bit. And then, you know, living in Australia, like there's, there's just, there are those pockets where you're just like, how do you guys do your life? Yeah. Like, I don't understand how you guys run anything here. Like the fact that there's no Wi-Fi, or if there is Wi-Fi, it's like 0. 0.9 <laughs> download. And I'm like, how am I supposed to send an email? It's just, it's funny. It's it's, it's funny. But yeah, I mean, so what did you do with Andy? Like just some See, I don't know. I forget how. Oh, no, I do remember how it came about. So um I got him on initially when I started the podcast. I didn't know what I wanted to do exactly. And I was kind of doing some episodes were like 
business focused. So I had um, Andy Morgan on and I had, um, I've forgotten his name now. Oh, I feel really bad. Uh, he coached Gary V. He was Gary V's coach at the time. I've forgotten his name. Well, there's, uh, so there's Mike Vacanti and then there's Jordan Syatt. And then- so I had Mike on, okay. um, yeah. which was great. And I'd followed Mike for a long time as I followed uh, Andy. But eventually I moved away from the business because I was like, that's not really what I want the podcast to be about. So yeah. I ended up not, up not doing those after I think I had, um, again, I've forgotten his name, Muscle for Life. That's uh, Matthew, Mike, Mike Matthews. Mike Matthews. That's the one. Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Matthews. So I think it was after that one. Um, so yeah, I had a podcast with Andy and it was, I think it ended up being maybe two hours. We ended up talking and I think we ended up doing two episodes and he, um, we were just, we ended up talking the business stuff and he, after Edwards was like, do you want to like check in like every like, couple of weeks and we can talk things out and you can tell me what you're doing and I can give you maybe a few ideas about how to improve things. So yeah, we did that for quite a, a while. That's a, he's got a good business sense about him. Yeah, he does. He does things very well and he's very got efficient. His, yeah, he's got is like I remember he was the first to have like and it became a thing it was like you cannot email me from your mobile phone yeah and I no, was like no phone rule yeah. yeah so we don't have I'm a bit soft I think with many of my business practices oh we're soft as too. a person yeah, it's just like yeah do what you want <laughs> yeah as long as you pay us we're just we're here to help and do what you want <laughs> Pascal's a little bit better he, he that German efficiency comes in he's like no, no no we need to have these rule guide like these guidelines in place which has helped um massively so yeah Andy's like got his he's got the business head screwed right on he knows exactly what he's doing so um he was a great contact and he's a really funny and great guy whenever I can connect with him been too long now <laughs> yeah i know i need to I, I was gonna reach out to, and actually have him on the on on this podcast and kind of just talk talk life and uh how life is in japan and uh you know all those cute animals and and fast cars and uh, people sleeping people sleeping <laughs> like random times yeah <laughs> just a, he's got a funny instagram to follow um just knowing who he is just through consuming content about him and podcasts that he's been on and just understanding like i've just I've known of him since 2014, you know, 2013, 2014. And it's, I believe in, you know, just kept up with it. And it's just, it's funny that he finally got an Instagram uh, after all that time. And then the shit that he actually posts on is, is hilarious. Uh, so how did, how did, um, I heard how Revive Stronger kind of got started with, uh, if I'm not mistaken, a wreck that you had or some sort of accident that you, you had um, so, you know, your cliff notes for however you want to introduce that, but also, uh, how did kind of Pascal come to be a part of it and when, when did all that kind of take place? Cool. Um, so yeah, the cliff notes, uh, the name revive stronger really is because after I was like in my second year at university on a run and I got hit by a, a van and I ended up having a head injury landed myself in hospital for a long period of time and had some repercussions, long-term kind of effects because hypothalamus was damaged or bruised, they think. They're not completely sure. Um, so that knocked me for six and I ended up, like I was really into activity. I was running and I was into like everything. So I just ended up taking solidarity in the gym, bodybuilding, controlling my nutrition um, at a time of which my life was really out of control and I felt really out of control of my body. Bodybuilding just gave me that control. Um, and once I had that control, I like, didn't want to leave it. So I then became a kind of fixed on that. And ever since then, it was always like a side passion. I kind of got my degree and then ended up kind of doing office jobs. And it just 
wasn't ever something I really wanted to be doing. So I was always investigating things. I remember coming across Matt Ogus, Ian McCarthy, these people. Um, and then I found 3DMJ and I wanted to compete in natural bodybuilding because I was like, these guys are sick. I want to do what they're doing. And ended up going into a contest prep. And at the same time, I had already done like weekend courses to become a personal trainer. I got my level three, which is what we need to get um, to become a personal trainer. And so I kind of quit my job. I was living at home, so it was kind of risk-free. And I ended up doing one-on-one PT for my entire contest prep. Um, and probably because it was terribly timed. Like contest prep whilst l- becoming a one-on-one PT. Like, <laughs> oh, dude, terrible, man. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> but also, In hindsight. Like, your neat would have been through the roof right your steps per day and like you picking up shit (laughs) you know the the terrible thing is because i'm quite a shy person like yourself like that first interaction so to be in like a hangry state and i had no i had no (laughs) idea about neat at the time so i was just sitting on my ass like trying to do as little as possible so i think that laid the path kind of towards online coaching because there were kind of Exactly. There were, there were guys around from like schools, um, like in the area and they're seeing me like transform. I was like this kind of slightly chubby guy who was a bit big to like this guy who was shredded. They're like, what the hell? So they wanted something, but they didn't want one-on-one PT. So I ended up was like, they oh, didn't want other people to know they were getting help. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is typical for guys at least. Yeah, men are um, funny. So the, I saw 3DMJ were doing the online coaching. So I was kind of like, and I had a coach at the time. So I kind of took some of the knowledge of that and I started helping people um, for like, I think I was charging like 20 pounds a month or something. It was like something ridiculously low. Um, and they can't put gas in your car, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so eventually I just ended up transitioning to the online side, reducing my one-on-one PT hours and revive, revive with Stephen Hall was born. And then once I brought on Pascal or maybe just before that, I'm not sure when it, that transition happened. I made it revive stronger because I didn't want my name like associated like that with it. I want it to be bigger than me. Um, so then eventually, obviously I had Mark before Pascal, but he wasn't there for a long time. And I brought on Mark just because I wanted a colleague. I didn't even have many clients at the time. I think I had 20 clients. I was barely making a living. <laughs> yeah. But you um, want someone to work with, man. Like that was, that's it. I think when that was the big thing when, you know, physique development started was, you know, Alex and I were just best friends who lifted together and it was like, dude, let's do this together, man. Like I, I don't see any other way of doing this. It just, it's, it seems dumb to do it alone. You just want to call. I understand that because you just want someone with you. And then it, it turns into this thing that now you have, you know, it's for, for us, it's turned into something that, you know, Alex has really, really flourished and it's, it's done nothing but obviously help you know, so now it's true. It's a true situation of if one person flourishes, the other one does too, by, by association and by nature. And it's just like, you know, you're kind of just constantly rooting each other on and then you have someone to kind of bounce ideas off of and exactly you have issues or inevitably you have, you know, those human moments where we figure out we're not invincible and we have feelings and we have moments of that we're down and, um, this roller coaster of a life, but you know, you have someone there for you. That's kind of just like they understand more so than the normal, than any of your other friends, quote unquote, that you would have, that you would have had during that time. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. And I don't think I'd be where I am with Revive Stronger without 
bringing on someone. Um, and Pascal was the man um, because uh, what I ended up doing was I had a, I did a application process. Once I knew Mark was leaving, I basically was just like, oh, I want to bring someone else like onto the team. So I ended up doing like this application process. Um, and it was initially like, uh, why revive stronger? And then I went into, um, I think they had to do a piece of social media content for me. And then I, um, a program for a random person in each phase I was cutting people off and I was surprised how many people actually ended up, up applying at even that stage yeah. to think I was like I, 2015 I revived strong wasn't really anything at the time so eventually I then had an interview uh, with like Pascal was the first person I had an interview with and I gave him the job there and then uh, before I interviewed anyone else uh, <laughs> which was probably in hind actually like I don't feel bad about it at all. He was just the man for the job and completely. And we'd actually already met once, I think, at a conference, a seminar beforehand. So again, selling that networking. Yeah, man. I, I, I'd seen him. I interacted with him. I knew he was a great guy then. So um, he passed every single step of the kind of process with flying colors. He was always like the first to reply with the, like the next phase. And it was like perfect every time. There was just nothing I could ever like be like, that's... That I'm not that's quite sure about that. That's blatantly wrong. Yeah. yeah. It's not that we have different thought processes. That's just blatantly stupid. Yeah. He should not do that. So, yeah. And ever since he's been on board, um, I think the biggest thing he brought was just quality um, and like being very focused on things, like make sure we're doing the things that are bringing profit. I'm a bit of a kind of I wander and want to do different things and uh, stuff like that. And I, I, again, like a bit soft and a bit like airy fairy probably. And that's probably a good dynamic to have. Whereas he's much more like, this is what we need to do. Yeah. Let's focus on this. Yeah. You need a, you need someone there that's from a business perspective, that's, that has dollar signs in mind alongside someone that has, cause like you need, you need the dynamic back and forth of like, you're both feeding off each other. Right or your team is feeding off each other to where people are bringing stuff to the table, but you always have at least one person there. That's kind of like, yeah, it's a great idea, but what, how are we gonna make money from that? And it's like, okay, that's a good point. Can we change something to make money off of it, but keep it this way? And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then you kind of go back and forth and it's just really good kind of this banter back and forth. Like how we, how do we make this happen? Um, Cause like, I would say I'm definitely like a guy that's, I got a million freaking ideas. Um, but thankfully I have people to bounce those off of that are just like, no, yeah. or yeah, that's okay. But I have a lot of questions uh, and I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so you finally get to a, a place there. I, I do, I do wonder, um, your take on this of, um, cause I, I, I would imagine as I don't keep too close to tabs on the demographic of this podcast, but I would assume there are there are a handful of, of coaches or people that are wanting to become coaches in the future listening to this. And I, I just want to know if you have any kind of things that you've been considering or thinking about lately that have kind of just been like, this is important when it comes to coaching, or this is important when it comes to owning your own coaching business or service or, or anything like that. Have you had any kind of like moments where things have like kind of dawned on you or like hit you straight on the head or just like, this is important, man. So I did um, years ago, this, this is the first thing that comes to mind. I can't think of anything necessarily recently at the moment, at least, but a big one for me was when I first got into online coaching, I was just doing like people just send application forms in and then I'd send them their program and then it was e emails back and forth. 
And there were so many like things missed in communication. Um, and I found having a eat like a conversation, um, a consultation face to face like this, like uh, we won't work with people that won't do that. Because mm-hmm. we have had sometimes people don't want to do that. And they, it, dude, people are like, adamant sometimes about it. They're like, <laughs> yeah. how can I do this without getting on the phone? Even the phone doesn't have to be face to face. Like, how can I do this without getting on the phone? It's like, you don't have 10 minutes. Like, I, it's not it's not hard. Here's the questions I'm going to ask you. Yeah. Like, you can prepare ahead of time. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a big deal. So, um, but that, that was huge for me. Um, it was an element of like trying to keep online personal training personal, like, having that face-to-face interaction, understanding a person, what they're like, seeing how they tick, because you can have that immediate like understanding of that person when you have that chat of kind of, are they like, you just learn something about just that initial chat with someone. Um, what are they like? What's their background been? Um, are they someone who's really chilled out and they need me to keep on top of them? Or are they already too on top of themselves and they need me to chill them out? Uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good piece of advice, man. Cause I, I remember it wasn't until for us, it wasn't until I think in 2017, we really started to implement the, the process of getting on the phone or getting on a FaceTime or getting on having that interaction more so than just email correspondence before someone signs up. Um, you know, and then now with the way that things have developed, you're just able to, whether you're, you're sharing voice memos or you're sharing, uh, you know, screen recordings with your voiceover, or you actually have face, face to kind of like a, like I'll send, you know, we send videos or whatever, uh, feedback and kind of open up the floor, you know, for people to send information how they want. Uh, I think I originally picked up that from Ryan Doris in terms of his process of going through the check-in of people sending it in because I remember seeing a video on his, it would have been his story, I think, where a client every week did something super out of this world, just insane. And in this video, she had dressed up and had like an umbrella and did like a dance routine or something <laughs> at the beginning of the check-in before yeah. it like went through. It was just like crazy off the wall. And he just made it a point to really say like, everyone expresses themselves super differently and you have to give these people the, the freedom to do so. And that's how you're going to get the information out of them. Because I have really learned through that process of kind of opening up as a team, us opening up the way that people communicate with us, you know, you can do it written if that's better for you. You can do it, you know, via voice memo, video, however you want to send it through, man, like do it. Um, because you'd like, we'd find that, you'd have someone answer all of your questions in your check-in sheet with one word. And you're like, I can't get anything out of this guy or girl. And it's like, we, then you ask him to send a video and it's like a 30 minute video. And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. That makes sense. You just express, like, you just express yourself considerably different um, than the other person. So yeah, I mean, that was, I'd say that's a big, uh, just to kind of add on to your point of, of communication and, and being on top of you, the way you're communicating with, with other people and the way that you're bringing on clients into your, your service. Cause it's, you have to, and I would say that's an, a huge credit to the positive feedback that I always see about your guys's service is like, awesome. Yeah. So it's like, not only do you guys deliver a good service, but also you, 
ensure that you're getting a good client to even before the fact, like before the fact that, so you're almost set up for success there. Um, because if you guys aren't a good fit, well, that's the quickest way to get a poor review, right? It could be the best program ever, but if it's not that it's not what they wanted or it didn't match their expectation or they just don't, they're not in a place where they need this or they can do whatever you're asking them to do. Like you're not going to get something positive from that. There's just no way. Um, so yeah, that's a good point, man. I, I really like that. I think if, if I was going to have a, a new one, actually, it just came to my mind. And I think this one might be helpful for coaches already who maybe don't have it in place. Um, and I'm sure you have it in place is we didn't have contracts for our clients for a long time. And it's only maybe in the last four months or something. And this is again, Pascal coming through because he's like, we need a contract because there's just risks involved. Um, and we need, they need to have an understanding of what they can expect and everything like that. So having a contact in, contract in place to not only secure them, but also you, I think is, is quite important. Even if it's just, we just send a, a PDF and say, kind of read it this and accept it. And you don't need to like send it to us signed. <laughs> yeah. You have to mail it in or anything and just kind of just the fact that you understand this and you've, you've seen this language before and you know what to expect is enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's a funny, um, it's a funny thing, this, the way that all this kind of comes about. And I find it super funny that I, I think there's a, there's a disconnect in it and a divide. And I'm, as I always have to remind myself and like my wife reminds me or like, you know, uh, my colleagues remind me or whatever else of having patience within this, obviously, but cause you, you want, you get excited and you want to, you're like, you know, you're like, ah, oh, you know, and where the divide is between we're one of the only health professions that doesn't have to go through like practical clinical hours. You know, you, you got to spend not only your four years of undergrad, but years of graduate, and then you got to do clinicals then you got to do rotations. And, you know, if you want to become a doctor or something like that, you between graduating your undergrad, there's like another six years in there before you're even free to practice medicine outside of someone else's supervision. And the fact that we don't have much of that is interesting to me. Um, it, it's cool in the sense of like, you can get working and get experience really quickly. Um, and you can start to build your own business and you can start to live your own life and create your own your own values and everything that you want to create there. But I, I find it super interesting. And I'm almost to a point where I am, I'm grateful to a sense of people like you and me that take a lot of pride in education and take a lot of pride in, if we don't know something, it's, we're very adamant until we figure out what that something is and then learn as much as we can about it. Um, so if a client comes to us and it's, you know, Hey, I have this condition or I have this, it's, am I equipped enough to handle this or is this enough to where I got to refer out? I'm sorry, we can't work together. And, and then if you, if it's something that's minor enough, that's kind of just like, Oh, maybe it's just an exercise selection thing, or maybe it's just an irritation or stress at a certain level of stress. They get start to get irritation or discomfort. It's like, okay, well we can manage that stuff. I just got to do a little research or learn a little bit more about that. Um, but I don't know if you've ever thought about that because I, I found that super interesting part of not only the PT industry, but just online coaching in, in general and how many online coaches we almost gain 
you know, daily of people that are becoming online coaches and taking on clients under their, under their own business and under their wing and supervision and just the impact that we have on their health um, as a whole. And I, I don't know if you've ever thought about that component. I just find it super interesting and intriguing that there's this huge divide. Of- I have, it's cause you see even like there's jokes made all the time of like how, I don't know if you've like competed once and now you're an online yeah. coach, it's like, right. oh, yeah. like, and you have or people joke about like macro coaches and it's like, they just punch your numbers into a calculator and then like, that's what they do. It's, it's scary. And I think it's, a case of if there isn't going to be any kind of legislation or authority like to see whether or not we're legit and doing a good job and i think it's so hard how do you do that over the internet with like what we're doing i have no idea um and i know there's like bodies who have tried to do like courses like you have i think it's the ptdc um, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. the personal training training development, development center that's Center, the one yeah. um and they have their online trainer academy thing um and obviously they're trying to like put something out there to make things better but you, you don't need that most consumers don't really look at like your qualifications but um, I think it does come down to the consumer they just have to educate themselves uh, like on our online coaching page we have a lot of information and we hope that they will like follow we even say like five steps like discover us read our articles check out the podcast do all of this then apply because we don't just want random people coming on um, but a lot of consumers will just see a shredded body and their apply. And then it's like, well, you don't even know if he's going to be coaching you. It could be anyone like I, that's happened. Hasn't it? There were like people on Instagram have said, you're getting custom coaching from me. And then they just have like a ghost coach. And that's scary, especially if that ghost coach is like, I don't know, they could be someone like on, I guess their NHS here at least have like, you can call in for the, the hospital and it's just someone on the end who you give them a question and they give an answer in a like textbook. They're not necessarily educated on medicine and what it should be. They're just doing that. So Reading a script, you might, exactly. So you might have the same just from a ghost coach is just like, Oh, I'm not losing weight a hundred calories less. And they keep bringing calories down and you hear the horror stories about people who have been on under a thousand calories for extended periods of time. And they're in not a good state. So I've only thought that much about it. And it's not like I've had a, bright spark of this is how we can solve it um well, i don't know how we can solve it i no. just and if it's going to be or if it needs i mean as long as people have be- people's best interests because i don't think people act out of malicious intent i i think people just want to help and then they want to have their own business and they see the success of others and they want that th- for themselves and i think people like you are doing a good job at least putting out free content that's easily digestible that you know you you have on at least on your podcast and all your articles and everything else like you have a plethora of different people and whether it's from sleep science to uh you know danny talking about circadian rhythm or you know you got israel talking about training and you got you know you you got all of these these different and then you got different doctors and physicians or whoever you got on your podcast it's it's been immensely helpful, I know, um, to be able to pop on and kind of like maybe see a guest that even I haven't heard of yet. And it's kind of like, oh, okay, let me listen to what they got to say. Uh, and that kind of opens you up to this rabbit hole of other things, um, which I think as coach, as I've developed as a coach, one thing that's really helped me is being introduced to different topics and being able to critically think from that. So, you know, 
for example, like if, if I see you, you have a new guest on your podcast, okay, go listen to the episode. What are things they talked about that I maybe haven't heard of yet? And then how can I look those things up or how can I learn more about those things? Right. You're introduced to these topics um, in which you're able to kind of critically think and be introduced to, to these things that you've otherwise never heard of. Um, and then with each one of those things, you're able to keep building upon your knowledge base and, and be introduced to introduced to new things and new methods and new, new coaching things and ways of practice. But yeah, I don't know if that's kind of how your, your brain works a bit. That's how mine works. Like how can I, how can I enter a conversation or listen to a conversation that's going to not necessarily teach me everything I need to know about a subject, but introduce the topics of that subject matter to me to where I can do more research based off of that. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's, it's interesting. I think some people view podcasts as like an education almost. And I understand people will learn things and pick things up from podcasts, but I almost view it as the way you're saying it. It's all like the abstract to a study. It's kind of like, they're just giving you a little bit and you need to go and look into that a little bit more because you can't necessarily trust every single person we have on the podcast um, and everything. I mean, I've heard, I've had guests say they've missed said things. And so it's a case of like, they can't always know that they're going to say it a hundred percent as they meant to say it. Um, and it's not like huge things they've necessarily misquoted, but um, not everyone's perfect in every single way. So I think you're completely right there. And that's something we try and do. Like, like there is some pressure and I'm always trying to be cognizant of the fact of people trust the name Revive Stronger and the people with on the podcast. It's almost like if we have someone on, then they've kind of got the stamp of approval in a way. And it's crazy to think we've got that sort of um, power now. Um, but it's like, whoa, I have to be really careful to really do research and understand the person a lot because um, it hasn't really happened for any of the guests particularly. But you have to be careful not to just be like, oh, yeah, they seem to be popular. I'm going to bring them on. We certainly don't like the business stuff you said, like being ignorant to it in some ways is probably a good thing because it stops you doing that sort of angle, I guess. Yeah, because you would think you think more about, okay, this person has X amount of followers. And yeah. they, I see that they their podcast has this many views or your downloads or reviews. And it's like, okay, well, that means they get, you know, you just kind of go down this rabbit hole of like, okay, this, then that, then that, then that. And that could or, that may or may not be true, but, and then your, your quality of your content, the get the quality of the guests that you have on, uh, does diminish. And like to, to the credit of, um, you know, guests that like I've admitted that I've said something like the most recent thing I said wrong on a podcast was I was referencing, um, I was kind of talking about hypertrophy and talking about, uh, I meant to say myonuclei and I said mitochondria, which is, you know, that obviously two different compartments of a cell at two different components of a cell, but like big deal. I don't think so, but like no one's going to get injured by me making that mistake on distinction. But like after the fact, I remember I I took my headphones off and I, I looked at my wife and I go, I fucked that up. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, I, I messed that up. <laughs> she, you know, it's like, okay, it's not a big deal. But, and I, you know, I, no one noticed and, you know, it wasn't a big deal. But like, to me, it was like, it was a big deal to me. I was like, I didn't, this is, this is something I didn't mean to mess up. And this is one thing that I think you guys do a good job with, um, with your, uh, so that would be Ryan, your newest coach, right? So he does those. So I know you guys do like kind of recaps of the podcasts and right. 
things like that. So like kind of the, the, the takeaways of the podcast, which have been immensely helpful. Um, like it's, it's kind of like that. Um, what's that new, that app that reads things Blinkist, uh, it kind of reads a book okay. then it's, it's kind of like, wow. uh, <laughs> yeah, instead of listening to a six hour audio book, it kind of gives you the cliff notes, the takeaways in 15 minutes. Um, which to each their own, how they digest information. I think those books, I think long form contents, long form content for the sake of it being long form content. That's how you should consume it. Um, because I think like books that are written, I think like some of the best ideas I've gotten from books come from the, the process of reading it. Right. Like there's that one thing, like it could be a dollar, a book that costs you a dollar, but that piece of information or the idea you got from that abstract idea is what, propelled a project forward that otherwise never would have happened. Right. And it, it was like a sentence that would like made no sense, or you're reading a Dr. Seuss book for all things. Like who knows what you're reading, but you got, you had an idea that sparked a thought or a, or, or a path that you're just like, Oh my God. Yeah. I don't know how I came with that from this sentence, but it happened and you know, I got to get this done. Um, but it's kind of like that in a way that if, if people don't have, have the time to digest that stuff um, or listen to it in the long form. At least they get a takeaway uh, like in your guys' Facebook group and, and stuff like that, man, which is again, super cool. So if you guys are listening, um, I, I highly recommend checking out everything that revive stronger does have to offer. Uh, it's, it's a great community. Like I just joined the the Facebook community just to be a part of it. Uh, kind of just, I, I, I like being in there for the, for the sake as well of not only being a part of that community, but also, um, seeing what kind of things are t being talked about and asked because yeah. it that's helps. Why, that's why I like it as well. <laughs> yeah, it helps, right? Like it helps you as a coach or an educator to kind of where are people really struggling? And you guys have an intelligent group in there, like asking yeah. questions. And I remember on the Roundtable podcast, we kind of ag agreed that some of the clients that we have are, are much our deviations smarter than <laughs> we yeah. are. Uh, we just basically have to keep them from harming themselves essentially but and overthinking all the time <laughs> yeah yeah so that yeah i mean I, I if you guys are listening i would check out everything that revive has to offer um and i want to leave obviously leave the, the listeners with the last question i like to ask people so uh i'm going to preface the question with i liked for people to to understand that although we look up to these people we admire these people and we find them in, in, inspirational they have things they're always working on. And so I ask you, what is one thing or anything that kind of comes to mind that you're currently trying to work on, whether it's personal, professional, whatever? Awesome. Uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you massively, Austin, for having me on. It's an honor and it's great to have just been able to chat shop all about just random stuff. And uh, yeah, if people do check out any of our stuff, um, thank you. Uh, and hopefully you get something from it. And yeah, in terms of your question, it's a great question. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind for me is part of kind of what we talked about in terms of being a little bit socially isolated. It's something I've probably struggled with throughout my life somewhat because of me being that shy kind of introverted person. Um, but I do really get a lot from hanging out with other people. So that's something I'm actively trying to work on is contact people and actually like suggest getting a coffee or hanging out on the weekend because um, I don't do enough of that. And it's something I want more in my life because when I do do it, that's like some of the ideas I generate or like energy I get, it just relaxes me. I get to turn off from like my life of 
bodybuilding and everything. So uh, yeah, that's something I'm actively working on. Awesome, man. Thank you. That's a great, that's a great one. Um, yeah, that's a great one. I, I feel the same way. And that's kind of like my selfish endeavor of the podcast because, you know, it's, it's, it's an hour or an hour and a half that I get with you, with, with other guests that are just kind of like, we otherwise never would have gotten this time to talk about whatever comes up. As you see, it's a very casual, like whatever happens, happens conversation. Um, and I hope it becomes something that is as much a relief for the, for you as it is for me within this hour of just being able to, whether we talk shop or kind of just talk about random things or, you know, just get inquisitive or curious about different, different aspects of each other, um, that I'm, I'm essentially trying to, I'm trying to make it to where it's as if you and I grabbed a coffee for an hour and just kind of like shot the shit essentially. Um, and yeah, man, so thank you. That's a great answer. And I, I can't agree more. And that's kind of like as much as, you know, I don't have a huge friend group. Um, especially as we move around and like, I have a, I have a couple people here in Denver that like, I know that I could reach out. There's one guy that I get coffee with each week. Um, or we, we try each week to get coffee and that's kind of my only way out of the house to kind of like be social. Um, and I, that's another thing I'm working on too. So I second that, I second that answer, man. So <laughs> yeah, man, I, I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. As you can see, it's very, uh, very low profile. So I didn't send you anything really leading up to it. Cause it's kind of just, well, that's I wouldn't perfect. say that's I wouldn't how I like it. Yeah, wait, if I if we got coffee, so I didn't <laughs> I didn't figure I'd send you anything now. Um, so yeah, man, uh, where can people find you? So revivestronger.com um, is our website, and you can probably find all of the articles are there. Online coaching, if people are interested, and that's there. Our podcast is on there. Um, Instagram revive stronger is where I'm most active. So if people want to drop me a DM, um, I reply to most of them <laughs> i had some come into my like requests and they stay there for a while because i'm like oh my gosh it's just too much it's a um, lot man yeah um so then and you mentioned the facebook group and that's a, a brilliant place to ask questions interact with other like-minded people um if they kind of know revive stronger and the content we produce they probably uh, like that group so yeah thank you again for having me on and yeah it's been good there's just no coffee but <laughs> it's been a good chat well, you know, it's, what is it? Almost seven o'clock? Yeah, it's too seven. late for me. <laughs> it's too late for coffee for you. That's, I think that's, I wanted, originally my thought was kind of to go with a, a coffee theme. Um, but then I was like, well, I started thinking of guests that I want to have on and I'm like, there's way too many time zones in this thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be, maybe I'll have coffee, but like yeah. <laughs> no one else is going to be having coffee really. So, all right guys, this has been the Life Beyond Fitness podcast.